God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. Amen. God is good. And all the time. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Praise God. Just thinking about how precious the name of Jesus is. Because sometimes when you go to pray, there are no words. They escape you. You don't know what to say. You don't know uh, what to give. There's so much. You're so overwhelmed. It's in those times that I just, sometimes it's just a whisper. Jesus. And I kid you not. When you start to whisper that name, something begins to happen. Because I believe, and I believe scripture proves it out, that at the mention of his name, it says that demons tremble in fear. Demons tremble in fear. Chains start to break. Healing starts to come. You trade your, your stress and your fear for the joy and the peace and the presence of God. There's something that I've been noticing and feeling, and a lot of the prayer requests that I'm getting, there's a lot of anxiety and depression. And I'm here right now to tell you that that is going to end in Jesus. In whose name? In Jesus' name. Because this is what I know. There's tactics of the enemy. Just like football coaches look at film to see what the plays are of the other team or a boxing coach studies the other fighter to see what his tactics are what is he going to do satan has tactics that he likes to use against his people and one we know he, he fights dirty he lies that's his native tongue but the other thing he tries to convince you that you're alone and i'm here to tell you today that you are not alone you're not alone some of you are struggling with, with accepting that right now. And I'm here to tell you, if you feel the presence and peace of God in this place, or while you are singing, it proves the fact that you're not alone. Scripture says that he's omnipresent, meaning everywhere, all the time. David says, I can go to the highest mountaintop and you're there. I can go to the depths of the sea and you will be there. I could even be in the hell and you are there. Lord, you are with me wherever I go, always and all the time. Although sometimes it feels like, it feels like you're alone. You're not. You can be in a house full of people and feel alone. You can be sitting in the middle of a church service and still feel alone. That's a feeling that is a deception that is a lie of the enemy he wants to keep you isolated think of this uh, scripture illustrates satan as a lion ro uh, roaming to and fro looking for who he can devour because he just can't devour anyone but you think about the lions on the on the plains of the serengeti looking for that small weak gazelle at the back of the herd who was isolated and alone that's the one 
that he has targeted. That's the one that he has the best chance of overtaking and devouring. He doesn't just want to make your life stressful. He wants to take you out. Why? Because God has a plan and purpose for your life. Here's the thing that I need people to understand. He opened the womb for a reason. He allowed you to exist for a reason. Out of uh, how many tens of thousands of uh, cells making its way to the egg, you were the one. You're here for a reason. The statistical probability of you being here today, hearing this message is unfathomable, but I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. Here's, here, let me get into it. Let's just jump into this real quick. I'm going to pound through uh, quite a few scriptures. Uh, today's one of those days you want to take notes or ask for a copy or uh, come back and review this again. But this is what I want you to realize. There are some things that are going to happen. And if not, and this one will remind you, God is not a man that he should lie, right? His word is faithful and true. That says it in Numbers 23, it tells us that. That in all scriptures are God breathed. It says in 2 Timothy. So let's read some of his scriptures and see what he says about your condition and where you're at in life and what you're going through. And it says for, in 1 Peter here, and I put a title of this uh, uh, slide, don't be surprised. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if it were something strange happening to you. Instead, this is crazy. I don't understand this, but Lord, it said, instead be glad for these trials make you partners with Christ. I'm going to come back to that. In suffering so that you will have a wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Some of my partners in life are people that I went through the toughest trials with. You hear this of soldiers who were in foxholes together. One of my cousins said, I, I went through some tough trials. There was a time in my life where I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and these dudes decided they wanted to uh, rough me up. I got jumped. They knocked on my tooth, everything else. I had a cousin there. He jumped in to try to help me and assist me, and they, they roughed him up too. That night, we bled together, and I vowed, even though the odds were overwhelming, because he helped me out, I was going to do whatever I could throughout life to help him out. And I did. Help him get jobs, help him get a place to stay, help him with transportation. I did what I could, probably more than I should have, borderline enabling, because we were partners in a way that no other experience can have. See, when you go through something tough with somebody, it binds you together. Jesus was ridiculed. He was an innocent man who was treated as though he was guilty. He was lied about, stabbed in the back. They tried to push him off a cliff. They tried to, to kill him, and they eventually did succeed. After they plucked his beard, they punched him, they whipped him, put a crown of thorns on him, then they nailed him to a cross. And he did it all for you and for me. That binds us together. So our little problem that we go through is nothing in comparison to what Christ did for us on Calvary. Amen? And sometimes I think, oh, ministry is tough and this and that. And the Lord never said it was going to be easy. I got to put on my big boy pants and just buckle up, right? And the same with you as well. Some of you are walking that out, and I appreciate that. That's kingdom living. You're storing up treasures in heaven. Because I had to talk to myself this morning. As hard as I think it might be, I'm not like Paul and Silas. I haven't been thrown in a dungeon after I've been whipped. 
I better quit my sniveling and get, get to work. Get to praying. And that's what we should do. We should expect certain amount of troubles, but not, not that they're going to take you out. Here's what I want you to do is recognize them when they come for what it is, an attack from the enemy. And Scripture tells us we are in a wrestling match. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not that person that you're dealing with. It's the spirit behind them that's influencing them. They may not be acting right. They might be coming at you sideways, and that's true. But don't come after them. Start praying. There's something else going on at play here. And there's some folks that we contend with that are unwitting pawns of the enemy. They say stuff they really don't mean. It just, come on. I don't know why I said that. And I'm, sometimes I think it's true. Now, listen. I'm kind of like with Dr. Martin Luther King, judge each man on their character. If there are donkeys behind, that's what they are. But I'm not going to say everyone else is exactly like them. Each man on their merit. You know a, free, a tree by the fruit it bears. Amen? God is with you. Isaiah 43, 2 tells us, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty... You will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you. Here's what we need to break this verse down. This is what I want to say. I love doing this. This is great. If you guys come on Wednesday, you'll really get blessed. I'm telling you what. Because then we can uh, exergete these scriptures together. Uh, There's no promise that you're not going to get wet. There is no promise in this verse that it's not going to get extremely hot, uncomfortable, perhaps feeling like it's unbearable. There is no promise of that. Matter of fact, it's saying these things are going to come, and when they come, know that I'm with you. Because what do we all know? Finish this statement if you know the rest of it. Haters are going to, it's just going to happen. And if they're not hating on you, I would dare say, and with all the love of my heart, you're probably not doing anything. You could buy a new jacket and somebody like, well, who do they think they are? They think they're all fancy up there. Huh? Ladies, you get your hair done, like, ooh. Oh, you look, they'll tell you look good, and then they go around and talk about you. Huh? Heaven forbid the pastor get a new car. Well, that's where all the church might. What? We don't got to worry about that. I got a 99 Suburban, so it's all good. Praise. I'm praying. I'm believing the Lord is going to give me a breakthrough. Here's the thing. Haters are going to hate. That shouldn't stop you. What is that? Their opinion of you is none of your business. You got to keep on keeping on. Why are we going to let the opinions of others stop us from the will of God in your life? If he called you into the ministry, if he called you to serve, who cares what other people say? I beat myself up so much. I delayed going into full-time ministry because I was afraid. I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this enough and that enough. I'm not, uh, I'm not a cunning linguist or I'm not an orator. It don't matter. God said to do it. My thoughts and feelings about the situation have nothing to do with what the Word of God says. Why? Mm, I'm going to get to why in just a second. Just hang on. You're, don't jump ahead of me. You're going to get wet. It's going to get hot. But because of your relationship with Jesus Christ, He will be with you. I'm reminded of this story. 
And it shows a powerful relationship. There's three Hebrew boys in Scripture called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were mandated by law and decree to bow and worship an idol. Well, our scriptures tell us you should have no other God before me. You worship God and God alone. They said, no, king, we're not going to worship this idol. If you don't, you're going to die. They said, well, the Lord will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, because there are some martyrs in the world, they got a special blessing. The Lord didn't save them. He allowed them to get that special martyr. Stephen, the first, the first martyr in the Bible. And he even said, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's tough. That's a blessed man. He's got a special blessing in heaven. These three brave young boys told the king, I'm not going to worship that. Even though you made that law, that law doesn't supersede God's law. There's laws in the land that say things are right that the Bible says are not. This is our law. It does say in our Bible to obey the laws of the land, but only when they don't try to supersede God's law. We gotta, there's that caveat there. God's law supersedes all. So here's the thing. These, pra- these brave young boys, because of their relationship with Christ, because of the relationship with Christ is why they were thrown in the furnace. But it's because their relationship with Jesus Christ is why they were not burnt. This scripture came to life in that place. And it was because of their testimony, because of their relationship and their boldness and strength and courage to speak truth. Sometimes truth sounds hurtful. Sometimes truth sounds painful. But truth is truth. It has no entity. It has no feelings. It has nothing. Truth. Truth is, there's gravity. If I throw something in, it's going to fall. I can't say that's hurtful. It's truth. How you say it, that we've got to be loving. Amen? I'm working on that. The Lord's not done with me yet. Because of the relationship, that's why they're thrown in there. Because of the relationship, Jesus walked in the fire with them. And it said when they came out, they didn't smell like smoke. Nothing was singed on their body. And matter of fact, they said, did we not throw three guys in there? I'm sure the king's thinking, wow, I must have had too much to drink because I'm seeing stuff. I'm looking in this furnace, and I see four guys walking around. And how did he know the one looked like Christ? By the revelation of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will start, as you walk through your fire, the Holy Spirit will start to speak to other people. But you've got to rely on your relationship with Christ. It doesn't mean it's not going to get hot. Don't let your uncomfortable feelings make you want to quit and say it's not worth it. The uncomfortable feelings are probably saying you are on track. Keep going. It might get a little hotter, but God is with you. Amen? Boy, I get excited when I think about the potential and possibilities. And sometimes I got to give myself a pep talk. I'm not going to lie with you. Sometimes I got to give myself a pep talk. And I got to read these verses with me. It says, you are not alone. I was like, God, you're here. I know you can hear me. But sometimes, this is what I know. In school, when there's a test, the teacher is silent. Then taught you. Now it's time to prove it out. They can't help you anymore. You can't say, hey, I got a question. How do I do this for me? No. Class session was already going. 
You should have been paying attention. Now it's time for you to prove out what you were taught. And I can't talk to you right now, but I'm with you. The teacher's still in the classroom. A lot of times they're walking around looking. For some of you, make sure you're not cheating. Other people, you know, not sleeping. The rest of you, you're like going after it. Teacher's still in the room. God's still with you, even though you're going through this test, going through this time, this situation, this period, whether it's financial, relation, health, marriage, whatever it is, God is still with you. He's just seeing how you're going to rely on him. So we got to remind ourselves. And, and again, reiteration, always with you. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, this is instructions for God. So as we fulfill the call that God gave us, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. we got a sign-up sheet that we want to do that. Why? Because we're instructed to. These are red letters. This is Jesus talking. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always. So as he's sending you, he's not abandoning you. You just got to walk faithful and true and know he says he's with you. What did we say in the beginning? God's not a man that he should lie. We're getting these from scriptures. Scriptures are God-breathed. He's not a liar. So we got to trust in it. If you lack trust in what he's telling you, that means your relationship is weak. That means that's what we got to work on, and that's okay. You're not alone. I can help you with that. Show up on a Wednesday night. Ask some important questions. Let us pour into you. Let us teach you. Let us divide the word with you. That's what we're here for. We're a training ground. Why? This isn't an entertainment center. This isn't a, a, a music concert. This isn't a, a social club. This is church to equip the army of God to go out into the world and do spiritual battle and warfare to advance the kingdom. Amen? But if you look at yourself any other way than that you're a warrior for Christ, then what are you? You're not a bench warmer. God's got a plan for you. We need you to do your kingdom work. We need you to do your call, to do your part. God's got a plan for you. That's not just me. That's scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans for I have for you, says the Lord, to prosper you, not to harm you for hope in the future. Even though he's allowing you to go through this test, this period, it's not to harm you. It's to develop your character, to develop your reliance on them. Sometimes to help my kids be better young men and young ladies, I will ask them to do a task that I know is a little beyond their skill set, and I'll stand back and watch. Like, well, I don't know how to do it. Why do I got to do it? Blah, blah, blah. It's a test. I'm trying to see you develop. I want to see what grit you have. Can you do it? Because if you can't do that, and you think you, oh, you're grown now, you're going to go out on your own? And you can't change the tire? They can. I'm just, this is just an example. Right? Age doesn't make you an adult. Young men? Young ladies? Age don't, just because you turn 18, you can buy stuff or do this or got the right to do it. That don't make you an adult. Maturity. Wisdom. You know who, go, who, you know who has wisdom? Those who have been, who have gone through some stuff. It's not knowledge. The Bible didn't say knowledge. It said wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge properly applied with godly wisdom. As we carry out our ministry and do the work of God, it may get 
to have tough times. We've all been there. We all know that. However, the promise from Christ is that he will be with us, always with us. And when I, when I look and see the promises of God, and I have this scripture, and if you would just bear with me, I want to read this because this is awesome. In, in scripture, you're going to find this. I'm going to put it on my teacher's head again. Before you can get the promises of God, you got to do the conditions. There's always a condition before the promise. He's not Santa Claus just passing out gifts. He's a God of principle, processes, conditions, and promises. Principles throughout the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. Processes, the way you approach the throne of God. You think you can just walk into God's throne room with the muddy, sinful hands and feet? It doesn't work that way. Principles, processes, conditions, and then his promises. And here's one of the promises. And if you want to turn in your Bibles and to Psalm 91, I want to read this. And this is a promise to us, but there's a condition. And it opens right away. I like this because it's clear and I'm a simple man. And I need things clear. And it gives us the opening condition. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wing you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the, the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys the midday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but he will come near you, and you only observe your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make, it ends with the condition again, if you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come your way to your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And it goes on and tells us more promises. It opens with a prom uh, condition and ends with a condition. The, the condition is dwelling with God. To dwell with someone, you got to spend time with them. Can I say I live with my wife if I only see her on Sundays? No, I visited her. And after a while, she may not be my wife if that's all I do is visit her one day a week. So therefore, let me ask, can you call someone your best friend if you only see them and communicate with them one day a week? So is God your God, your king, your Lord? Lord means absolute ruler. That means over all areas of your life. Not just he's your savior. He didn't punch your ticket. You can get to heaven and you're all good. Because we read that open uh, scripture in Matthew. It says, go into all the world. Teach him all that I have commanded. All. You can't. Ah, Holy Spirit, I don't want to. See, sometimes Holy Spirit prompts me to say something. I don't want to say it because I know there's going to be spaces looking at me. So here's the thing. If he's Lord, means absolute ruler, 
Does that mean he only has part of your life? Or all of your life? So does that mean, mm, can you park your Christianity at the door when you go to the voting booth and your politics go somewhere else? Can you separate your relationship with God, your Christianity, and politics? Should they be different? See, uh, yeah, you guys, I'm getting some stank eyes. That's okay. I know you don't like it because that's Satan's lying to you. Our actions should be influenced by our relationship with God. If you fear him and know that we are all one day going to stand in judgment, all this, I'm not saying anything else besides that. Based on your relationship with God, you can't separate it. I can't park it. Well, it says Friday night. I'm looking good. I'm going to park Christianity at the door. And I'm going to go out get my group thing on. I can't. That's called situational ethics. You can't do that. You can't park your Christianity. Either you're with God or you're not. You're in love with him and he loves you. He already loves you. You're in love with him. You have a relationship with him all the time. And he rules your mind and heart. Should be. Now here's, that's where the fiery tribulations come. You're walking it out. You want to do the right things. I think it's Mark 7. Where he says, I, well, I do the things I don't want to do. and don't do the things I want to do. And there's this struggle. He says, but by the spirit. Those who operate in the Spirit have a closer relationship with God. They, the, the struggle comes when you made the, the confession of faith, but you're trying to walk it out, but you're trying to walk it out with wisdom and logic and knowledge, but you're not walking it out through the Spirit. Because your righteousness comes from God, not in your own strength, not in your own actions. It's not because you did X, Y, and Z good deeds. It's you're listening to the Holy Spirit as He's guiding you through life. And sometimes it's hard to do what He's telling you to do. Like, I don't want to go pray for them. They look weird. Sometimes he tells you to pray for someone in a restaurant and it feels uncomfortable because you know people are looking around. But you pray for them in a restaurant anyway. Or at the gas station. Or in the front of Myers. I'm just trying to list some of the places he told me to do that. And I did it. Not always. But if I want the power of God to work in and through me, I've got to make myself available to him anytime, all the time, not just Sunday mornings. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap, please. <clears throat> Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the mighty. Who needs a little rest? Amen. So we just saw and read a recipe for rest. I'm excited. I'm energetic. But the Lord woke me up at 3.50 this morning and said, let's talk. I'm like, no. And I knew pretty quick he ain't, he ain't going to let it go. Okay, so I got up. Put on my Dappy Keys worship piano. You guys know who Dappy is? Huh? He's not talking, nothing. He's just playing music. Okay. Dappy, give me one just for an hour. Lord's like, uh-uh. Don't put a time frame on me. Said, Ooh. Got my prayer journal out and just laid before the Lord. And at first it was awkward. It was nothing. I'm just like, all right, here I am. Like a teenager. <laughs> I'm tired. Don't want to do this. My knees hurt. And then I thought about relationship. Is that how I'm going to talk to and present myself to the king of heaven's armies? To the creator of all heaven and earth and every galaxy, star, moon, and sun? Is that how I'm going to conduct myself with the Savior who died on the cross for my sins? Is that how I'm going to approach him? 
I'd ready to kick my own butt, check myself. Like, hey, you're talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, forgive me for my pride, my arrogance, my complacency. Lord, forgive me. I started repenting because I know I can't go any further until I wash up. And the Holy Spirit started to remind me, hey, what about this? Lord, yep, forgive me. I haven't, haven't done the fast quite to 100%. Maybe did it 80 90%, but I didn't do 100%. Forgive me for that. Complacency. Given into the flesh. Forgive me that. <clears throat> he checked me on a lot of stuff. And as I confessed that, I could feel the Holy Spirit coming on a little more. Whether I'm drawing closer or he's coming more, the relationship started to get right again. Like, you know when you're out at, at odds with a friend? You get, it's awkward when you first meet up. Hey, how you doing? You good? Yeah, good. Mm-mm-mm. So listen, about that thing, I'm sorry. I haven't been calling. I didn't check on you. I knew you were going through a thing, but I was hoping you were checking on me because I had a thing I was going through. Right? It's silliness, but it's true. We do that. And I was kind of doing that with God, and I had to check myself. Hey, watch who you're talking to. Sometimes I got to tell my kids, hey, that's an adult. Watch who you're talking to. Sometimes when I was coming up in church, I, we get some new person come in getting mouthy with the pastor. I'd be like, hey, I was one of the ushers. Hey, man, you need to watch who you're talking to. That's, that's my pastor. Because I had his back. I was his armor bearer. You're coming after him, you got to go through me. That, that's the way it is. Not going to let somebody talk to your wife that way, man, or your 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 man that way you're gonna step up right we should consider how we approach god our relationship with him but here's the thing he is waiting for you he has open arms he's wanting you to come in he wants to bless his children just like all of you want to bless your kids even when some of them are naughty ain't acting right you want to bless them you want the best for them right i want the best for them and i wish i tell some of them i wish i could just give you everything, but you don't deserve it right now. Now, if, if I want you to be a well-rounded person, i got to hold off. But I want to give it to you. He wants to bless us, his children. So we read here. I just want to remind us of this. And this is what Scripture says in Jeremiah uh, 17. And I just want to read this verse real quick. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the waters that seeds that excuse me that sends out roots to the streams it does not fear the heat that comes we're talking about the heat of life the oppression the attacks everything else when you're like that tree that's planted by the roots by the streams of water which bears deep roots it reminds me of psalms 1 1 it le- its leaves always are green it means no matter the trials and tribulations that you go through your fruit will still bear out it's still going to be evident who you are and who you belong to it has no worries in the year of droughts and it never fails to bear fruit the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it the lord searches the mind and the heart and examines them to reward each according to their conduct. The mind is deceitful. Don't trust your thoughts and your feelings. When they're negative and they don't line up with the word. You hear me? I, I know, Psychology 101. I'm just trying to help you out here. This is part of your Christian walk. If you, if you have that, uh, that, that, that mindset, don't do it. Don't. Don't trust it. You're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. 
He created you. He's got a plan and purpose for you. And we, we read also in, in Isaiah 55 that he tells us that not only is uh, you can't trust your negative thoughts because it's a lie of an enemy, it's limiting belief, but it also says that God, his mind, who, who knows the mind of God? His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I want to end with this. God will never leave you nor forsake you. This is what it says. This is what he told to, Jer uh, to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. The Lord goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. When you walk through this life, when you go through the things that God has planned for you, wherever he's sending you, don't be afraid. He's going with you. He's got your back. Better than your toughest partner, best friend, whoever you got, they got your back. Praise God for that. I thank God for that. But here's what I know. If God's got your back, all things are possible for them that believe. The belief is your faithfulness, your relationship with Christ. Amen? If these promises are for us and his promises are yes and amen, they're forever, they're for you, he wants to give it to you, the question is, ask yourself, have I met the conditions? Am I dwelling with the Most High? This week, I challenge each and, one of, each and every one of you, whether it's divided up or one-time sitting. Some of you can do more than this. I challenge you, at least an hour before the Lord, listening. Say, Lord, your servant is here. I'm listening. At least an hour. Whether you want to do 15 minutes a night, whether you want to do one hour, one shot, or half hour, whatever it is for you, I challenge you this week, spend an hour dwelling with the Most High. What does that do for you? It meets the condition to the promise. It's for you. It's yes and amen. Mm -hmm.